five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Look around and you'll 
Oh, 
In the AM, Hinei Amim, done by uh, Diaspora from the CD entitled Jerusalem is Calling. Before that, Kol Ish with Meheira and Miadir. We're already getting into wedding season, <laughs> knowing that a lot of folks are getting married this coming Sunday. Hey, isn't Lagbomer this Sunday? Yeah, there'll be, a, there'll be a bunch of weddings around town that I can guarantee you. Dveikas had Anna Hashem, or Amar Hashem, rather, off of Volume 5. You heard Mayor Sherman, our... Monday morning theme song, Masach HaShem, and from Regesh, Modani opening things up. As we say, good morning. It's Monday on this May 12th, the 12th of ER. Today is day 27 in the counting of the Omer. Day 27, three weeks and six days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Today's also the third day of the three-day Bahab. If you're not familiar with that, Consult with your local rabbi. 61 degrees, 67% humidity, Windsor West at 2 miles an hour. The big weather story is that today, partly cloudy weather with a high of 83. There it is. The big number is 83. Woo! I am happy. And I know that it's not 83 everywhere, certainly not in this audience, uh, which is worldwide. But to be in an area that has had uh, a lot of snow, a lot of cold, a lot of frigid weather, Four months and never seems to be able to get out of it. <laughs> every time, every time we drift out of it, we seem to drift back into it. It's nice to announce a high of 83 degrees. Scattered thunderstorms with a low of 63 tonight, and then showers for tomorrow with a high of 67. Yushalayim is at 72. We're at 61 here in Jersey City. As we say good morning at JM and the AM, we'll uh, we'll pay careful attention to a lot of things this morning here at JM and the AM. Uh, we'll meet the new chief professional officer at the OU, the Orthodox Union. We'll talk about the elections that are happening tomorrow in one of the uh, most um, identifiably Jewish communities of the state of New Jersey. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Lagba Omer and some of the last-minute decisions that people are making about whether to spend Lagba Omer in Israel or not. All that is coming up on a Monday here at JM and the AM. So make sure to keep it here all through the morning and, of course, all through the day at JM and the AM 
Org. You're listening to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world in the web, jmandtheam.org. Oh, 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 oh,
There we go. J.M. in the A.M. from the CD entitled Kumsitz in the Rain. That's Achenu, Donnie Gross and Company, a.k.a. Pella, had Gadol and Lamancha, uh, which was uh, surrounding that Kol Noir Boys Choir contribution to the A.K.A. Pella Top 20 Hits double CD entitled Nar Hayisi. Monday morning, it's J.M. in the A.M. on this 12th of May. The 12th of E.R. Sphere format continues. That'll end this coming uh, Sunday. Lagba Omer is uh, just as Shabbos ends. Lagba Omer will begin. Mazel Tov to those who are getting married and celebrating Big Smachot this coming weekend in the uh, form of weddings, bar mitzvahs, etc. As the Lagba Omer celebrations are going to commence on Saturday night. We're going to talk more about that later on. About folks who are traveling to uh, Israel for Lagba Omer. 
JM in the AM at 7 o'clock on a Monday. It, it is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Alan Fagan is going to be joining us. He is uh, the brand-new executive vice president and chief professional officer of the Orthodox Union. He'll be joining us coming up. We'll pay careful attention to what's happening in Teaneck, New Jersey tomorrow, one of the uh, towns, cities, areas of New Jersey that has an election day tomorrow. We'll talk more about that with our special guests coming up. Don't forget that the uh, great programming on jmandtheam.org continues on our stream right after JM and the AM with the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten at 9 o'clock and Tech Talk with Arya Lightstone coming up at 10 a.m. this morning. That's all happening a little later on, right after JM and the AM on the stream at jmandtheam.org. Golly, it's all in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up, and then plenty more between now and 9 a.m. If you missed our conversation on Friday with our representatives of Nachal Haredi, it was an interesting discussion. Rabbi Tzvi Klibanau, one of the sergeants of Nachal Haredi were both here in studio. We had an opportunity to uh, explore the work they do and how they put their lives on the line on a regular basis. It was an interesting conversation. If you missed it, there's an archive section at jmtheam.org. Don't forget. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday is next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. גליצאל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. יושב ראש הכנסת יולי אדלשטיין הודיע כי יכריז על מועד לבחירות לנשיאות כבר בשבוע הבא, למרות הניסיונות של ראש הממשלה נתניהו לדחות את הבחירות ולבטל את המוסד. בתוך כך הנשיא פרס אמר בצהריים, לא אשאר בתפקיד לאחר תום כהונתי החוקית. אם נבחרתי לשבע שנים, הדבר הנכון. זה לקיים את ההחלטה ואת החוקה כלשונה. נכנסתי ביום שבו התמניתי, אני אעזוב את היום שבו יפקע המנדט שלי. אני חושב שזו דוגמה נכונה לקיים את החוק כרוחו, כלשונו ובמועדו. ואני לא חושב שבחצי שנה יקרו ניסים ונפלאות. פרס הוסיף על היוזמה לביטול מוסד הנשיאות, במדינות דמוקרטיות יש בדרך כלל גם נשיא וגם ראש ממשלה. יש לזה יתרונות, אבל הכנסת תחליט. מדבריו, בביקור בארמון מלך נורבגיה באוסלו, הביאה שליחתנו עמית תומר. חטיפת הנערות בניגריה, ארגון הטרור בוקו חראם, פרסם סימן חיים ראשון מהבנות החטופות. כתבתנו חן פישר. בסרטון חדש שפרסם ארגון האסלאם הקיצוני נראות לכאורה כמאתיים בנות הערובה כשהן לבושות בכיסוי ראש מלא ומתפללות. מנהיג הארגון דורש בסרטון מניגריה לשחרר את כל אסירי בוקו חראם בתמורה לבנות שבהן מחזיק הארגון כבר חודש. בתוך כך הבוקר הודיעה ממשלת ניגריה שהיא מקבלת את הצעת ישראל. בסיוע לאיתור בנות הערובה. חשד לפשע שנאה בתוך בסיס צה"ל על רכב צבאי במחנה 80 התגלו כתובות נאצה נגד האפיפיור ותג מחיר. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מוסרת שמצח פתחה בחקירה. 
השר לביטחון הפנים יצחק אהרונוביץ' אומר, עדיין לא ניתן לקבוע אם שלי דדון נרצחה על רקע לאומני. כתבתנו אורנית פורן שמעה אותו בסיור באום אל פחם. אמרתי אז ואני חוזר היום, עדיין אי אפשר לקבוע בוודאות. ולכן צריך להמתין, אני אמרתי עניין של ימים אולי שבועות, אני מקווה שזה יותר ימים, אבל בהחלט החקירה מתקדמת. פיליפיני כבן שלושים נעצר בחשד שהטריד את נכדיו של הקשיש שבו הוא מטפל בירושלים. על פי החשד העובד הסיעודי ביצע מעשים מגונים וחשף את הילדים בני שש ותשע לתכנים מיניים. המשטרה תבקש להאריך את מעצרו. הנזקים שנגרמו לחקלאים כתוצאה מהסערה בשבוע שעבר נאמדים ב-15 מיליון שקלים. כך עולה מנתוני דוח הקרן לנזקי טבע. התחזית להיום עדיין קיים חשש לשיטפונות בנחלי ים המלח ומדבר יהודה. ולסיום, צה"ל ירוק, מיזם הצבת פחי המחזור בבסיסים, הוכתר כהצלחה. כתבנו יותם ברגר. לפני כחצי שנה הוצבו פחים לאיסוף פסולת אריזות במטבחים של בסיסי צה"ל בחבל אילות ובאילת. מאז נאספו 14,000 קילוגרמים של שקיות פלסטיק, קופסאות שימורים וקרטונים שהועברו למחזור. בעקבות הצלחת המיזם, מכלי מחזור דומים צפויים להיות מוצבים בבסיסים נוספים ברחבי הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
זקנתי ולא ראיתי צדיק נעזר, ולא ראיתי צדיק נעזר, וזרו מבקש לכם, Hashem Yevarech Et Amo Vashalom Hashem Oz Le'amo Iten Hashem Oz Le'amo Iten Hashem Hashem Yevarech Et Amo Vashalom Vashalom Et Amo Vashalom Figured at some point during our Sphere of Format, got to go back to Kolachai's incredible uh, version of Nar Hayisi here at uh, JM and the AM. Diaspora had Lule Hamanti off of the Diaspora collection. A couple of cantorial pieces to open up the 7 o'clock hour, the great Yasla Rosenblatt with Tzor Yisrael, and before that, Shei Bana Yitzhak Meir Health got off of the Eternal Echoes CD done with Yitzhak Perlman right here at JM in the AM. Coming up, we'll meet the uh, brand-new Executive Vice President of the Orthodox Union, the OU has named Executive Vice President and Chief Professional Officer Alan Fagan to that uh, to that position, and he'll be joining us live in studio coming up at JM in the AM later on. Talk a little bit about Lag Bomer and some of the folks who are traveling uh, all the way to Israel this week, and we'll also explore one of the uh, elections happening in a in an identifiably Jewish neighborhood of New Jersey. How do you like that? We'll discuss that tomorrow is Election Day in a whole bunch of places, and we will discuss. Um, at least one of them, 
coming up here at JM in the AM. Big, big, big mazel tov to Lenny Solomon, who today adds another state to his list of uh, what will potentially be 50 states. By the time Lagba Omer <clears throat> rolls around this Sunday, Lenny will have done something I don't believe anybody else in the world of Jewish music has ever done. He will have played all 50 states of the United States. And today, Laramie, Wyoming is the place. Laramie, Wyoming welcomes Schlockrock tonight at 7 p.m. at the Gryphon Theater on East Garfield. If you're in Laramie, that, now you know where to go tonight for the big show. Uh, that's happening beginning at 7 p.m. It is uh, state number 47, presentation of the Laramie Jewish Community Center. Yes, there is a Laramie Jewish Community Center. He heads to Montana tomorrow. He heads to Boise, Idaho on a Wednesday. And then Sunday, Lag Bomer, state number 50. He'll be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, so you can, um, you can still join the big tour, the big 50 state tour. Make sure to be in Laramie by tonight up in Wyoming and you'll be able to join the King of Schlock in that unique and incredible endeavor, which looks like Please God, with all systems go, is going to be a successful venture wrapping up in New Mexico this coming Sunday. I want to remind everybody that Neshe Cares and Maimonides Medical Center invites you to their big Mothers of Multiples support group gathering this coming Tuesday, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Dr. Yael Respler will speak on the topic of dealing with our challenges. I have always been a big advocate of the Mothers of Multiples support group, an even bigger one, of the Fathers of Multiple Support Group, but this time around, it's the moms who are going to be getting together post-Mother's Day for a Tuesday night event. So it's tomorrow night, 8 p.m., Dr. Yael Respler on the topic of dealing with our challenges. Happens at Maimonides Hall, 950 49th Street, between 9th and 10th Avenues in Brooklyn, New York. It's sponsored by um, Nishay Cares, coordinated by Mrs. Mati Atlas, and for information, uh, you can email Mati Berkowitz at yahoo.com, M-A-T-T-I Berkowitz at yahoo.com. Tomorrow night's event will include a buffet dinner, a gift for all attendees, and free parkings. Take advantage. If you're a mother of multiples, make sure to check it out. 7.30 in the morning on a Monday with 61 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high temperature of 83. Right now, a 72 in Yerushalayim and 61 here in Jersey City, where Rabbi David Goldwasser is set. His words, Zechonishmas are of Zevin of Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Chavetz Chaim observes that the Geula Shalema, the final redemption, is a hope in the heart of every Jew. Klal Yisrael should never despair of its arrival, nor should we lose heart by contemplating that if the earlier generations who were perhaps worthier of redemption, and they didn't merit the Gula, so how is it possible that we will earn it? The reason that Klal Yisrael is in Golos, as it says in Yeshaya, it is for your sins that you have been sold. It's explained in Daniel, Hashem decrees a specific number of years in Golos, and there are trials and tribulations that expunge our Averis and gain a pardon for Klal Yisrael. Once the decree is fulfilled in its entirety, the Geula is forthcoming. In order to merit the redemption at an earlier time, Klal Yisrael would need additional schuyos, merits, to absolve us of our debt, the Averis for which we have not merited forgiveness. Ultimately though, even if we don't merit the Geula because we don't have the schuyos, still, the time limit for the Golos, when it expires, 
like the years of the Jewish slave servitude, we will be freed. The great tzaddik, Rav Moshe Leib of Sosov, used to travel from city to city to collect money for Achnas' kala. On one journey, he was accosted by a band of robbers. It was in the forest between two cities. They encircled him, and they were ready to kill him. All of a sudden, the head of the bandits called out, Wait a minute! That is the great rabbi of Sasov. I will not allow anyone to harm him. The bandit in command had once been a poor man. He went from door to door to support himself. When he came to the marketplace in the city of Broad, he was told that anyone that goes to the rabbi's house will be greeted with compassion. Ramosha Leib gave him bread and soup. He comforted him, gave him words of encouragement. The robber recalled the kindness that the great Sadiq had accorded him. He told Ramosha Leib that one of the members of their group had learned Torah in his youth. Ramosha Leib right away wanted to speak to him. However, when he asked him a question in the Gemara, the man couldn't answer. Ramosha then asked him a question in Chumash. Again, the man could not answer. Humiliated, the group decided that this young robber deserved a serious lashing, and they began to hit him and beat him. Deeply troubled by this turn of events, Ramosha Lay began to beg for mercy. Eventually, they let the young robber alone, but ordered him to escort Ramosha Lay to the next town. As they walked, Ramosha Leib engaged the man in conversation, and he persuaded him to leave the band of robbers and return to his roots. He was curious. He wanted to understand how the young man had withstood so many heavy blows of the rest of the band of robbers. The young man answered, Ah, oh, we thieves are accustomed to the punishment. We often hit each other. We get into fights. And sometimes the police beat us in order to get information. Each time I am struck, I think to myself, they can't hit me forever. This must be the last strike of the whip. Reb Moshe Leib would often repeat this to Yidin who came to him to tell him of their bitter tzoros. He explained that the measure of their yisurim may have already been meted out and the very next day might possibly bring the geula. After all, you cannot be hit forever. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. at 7.34, 26 minutes before 8 o'clock. It's Monday morning, and Alan Fagan is in our studio. Alan Fagan, prominent attorney and former champion of Proskauer Rose, I hope I pronounced that properly, has been named executive vice president and chief professional officer of the Orthodox Union. The OU has a new leader. Alan Fagan, welcome to J.M. in the A.M. Thank you. Delighted to be here. It's been a while since we've seen each other. Nice to reunite in this way. Indeed. How did they first start uh, courting you for this position? When was the, the first mention that you might be able to fill this role effectively? Uh, I, I think that uh, when I announced uh, that I was retiring from Proskauer at the end of December, uh, it was then that I was approached by the search committee that then was an active uh, committee uh, looking for a new executive vice president uh, for the union. 
and then things began to move relatively quickly. They said, Alan, you're going to need some, you need something to do with your time, right? You're, le- you're leaving the office. We have a way for you to really fill a good number of hours. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the problem was my filling my time. <laughs> that was not the pitch, huh? It is amazing what the Orthodox Union is now. I mean, if you would have been offered this job, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, you'd be talking about, uh, it, although a very large organization and one that did many things, certainly a real trailblazer, but now, it's, it seems like they're everywhere, just doing so many different things with so many different departments and having an effect on so many different areas of Jewish life. That is a good description, right? I think that's an absolutely accurate description. In fact, you know, I've been a lay leader, had been a lay leader of, of the OU probably for three decades and had absolutely no idea of the enormous breadth and depth of the operations of the union, uh, uh, the not just on the Kashra side, uh, but on the programming side as well. Uh, I'm not sure that there's anybody out there that has a full picture of the full range of activities that the union is currently engaged in. No question about it, and we'll explore some of those in a minute. Uh, a lot of people who heard that you're coming in might have tuned in only because of the curiosity about the void that there was in this type of leadership position at the OU. There was a little bit, I don't want to say turmoil, because I don't think... Uh, anybody would classify it as turmoil, but there there were some changes recently, and it, it seemed like different things were in the air in terms of you know positions like the one that you're now occupying. How would you describe that period of time? Was it relatively stable, even though it was a little bit uncertain at that time? Yeah, I, I, look, I, I think that um, the programs of the union were all operating extremely well, which I thought and, was remarkable. That and, and, and kept going and, and with great stability. Right. Um, what probably was missing was some overarching uh, sense of cohesion, uh, trying to uh, put programs together uh, in a logical and coherent way and imposing some overall sense of management and orderliness uh, in what has now become an enormously large and complex organization. Alan Fagan is here, brand-new executive vice president and chief professional officer of the Orthodox Union. That term did not exist before, chief professional officer, or or it did at the OU? Uh, it did. It, the constitutional title is executive vice president and right. chief professional officer. Um, uh position has typically been known as executive vice president. Right. One of the reasons that I, I pointed out and that the word that I feel the word professional is in there, you're dealing with a lot of professionals. Each department seems to be led by a very talented either individual or group of people. Um, it, it would be, uh, I don't know how you'd put this, but um, it, it would be amazing to be able to describe to this community and to this audience just the level of people that you're working with. You're seeing a tremendous amount of talent every single day. I was uh, uh, actually astounded uh, by the the depth of talent within the organization. Uh, we've got uh, individual programs within the union <coughs> that are probably each one larger than many, many nonprofits that are out there right. with extraordinarily talented individuals running them. Uh, people of enormous skill, enormous experience, and most importantly, 
uh, enormous vision and passion for the Jewish people. A lot of very committed members of the community, that's for sure. Uh, and it's way beyond kashras, right? We should stress that to everybody, I'm sure. This you knew even before you took the job. <laughs> this I did, although I, I, must, I, must, say, I must say that uh, uh, I, I, certainly, I certainly knew that uh, the union was far more than kashras. I had been involved uh, in, in a number of the activities of the union, uh, didn't have as good a sense of all of them. But even the kashras operation, uh, uh, I, was, I was flabbergasted at the size and scope uh, of what it is that we accomplish uh, uh, just in the area of Kashrus uh, alone. Uh, 723,017 products uh, under supervision uh, um, from OU Kashrus. Operations in 94 countries in locations that you and I wouldn't know how to spell. (laughs) Uh, Every day of the week, we've got uh, uh, Mashkichim, uh, all ac- literally all across the world, uh, supervising close to 10,000 plants, hundreds of thousands of products. Uh, that itself uh, is is an incredibly complex um, uh, organization, uh, run masterfully by Rabbi Menachem Ganek. No question about it. And if we would start to name all of the other. Uh, departments that the OU has. We'd be here for a while. But one thing that did catch my eye is you went to Harvard Law School, right? I did. And I'm sure you're well aware, even years later, what's going on on some of the college campuses in this country and beyond college, graduate school as well. And you are aware, I would guess, on top of that, the type of work that your program is doing on college campuses. Because I've met some of the people that are in charge of you know, just being there for the students around the country, and it's pretty impressive. We, we, are, we are hugely proud of our uh, SAIF Jewish Learning Initiative on campus, JLIC, currently on 16 campuses around the country. Uh, the wonderful news is, as of the fall, we will be on 21 campuses around the United States uh, and Canada uh, in, in uh, an enormously important effort to bring Yiddishkeit to campus to serve thousands of our own kids uh, who attend secular university, who want a place to learn, who want a place to daven, who want to be sure that the infrastructure is present on campus for them to be able to eat, for them to be able to get into their dormitory room on a Shabbos, uh, for them to have role models in the form of our JLIC couples. Uh, and to find the inspiration on campus that is so important to maintain their Yiddishkeit. Some of those couples are amazing. Uh, Alan Fagan is here, brand new executive vice president at the OU. Um, so when this when this search took place and they finally started aiming toward you, uh, was it something that you were very hesitant about? You know, sometimes when people are approached about leading Jewish organizations, nothing against the OU, of course, but you know, that's uh, <laughs> stereotypically often people. You know, think a thousand times before they take a position like this. Um, I actually did not need to be uh, uh, persuaded. No coercion necessary. There, there was no coercion uh, <laughs> necessary. I had retired from Proskauer uh, in the hopes that I would have the opportunity to really seriously ramp up uh, the level of my communal activity. Uh, I had practiced law for close to 40 years, uh, had accomplished... Uh, uh, probably as much as anyone could hope to accomplish in a professional career uh, and uh, felt that it was time in my life uh, to give something back 
uh, uh, to my community. <clears throat> so when uh, I was first approached, um, I was actually delighted about it, uh, didn't expect it, uh, and didn't necessarily expect that I would find the outlet that I was looking for on the professional side rather than on the lay side. Uh, but this was really the perfect opportunity for me uh, to use the experience that I had uh, in furtherance of a mission that I so deeply believe in. And this is the same position that people like Rabbi Weinrib and Rabbi Weil had held before you, right? Just so people could put it in context. Correct. Right? Uh, is there a Fagan mandate? Is there something that you come in with to, again, a well-established, relatively well-run place that's making quite an impact in so many different areas that you would like to put your imprint on? Is there something that you've declared is going to either change or start during your administration? There are a lot of things that uh, uh, I think are included within my mandate and that I would very much hope to do. Uh, the first is to now uh, impose on an organization that has become uh, probably one of the largest not-for-profit uh, Jewish organizations in the world, uh, a management perspective that makes certain that the Kahila's money is spent wisely, uh, that we look at every opportunity uh, to cut costs, to use the dollars and resources that we have in the most impactful kinds of ways, to build a program of professional development and staff development, to look at our successorship planning so that we plan out for the future, both on the professional side and on the lay side, uh, to impose objective measurements of all that it is that we do to make certain that the work that we do is impactful and that the money that we spend in doing it is well spent. I'd like to uh, add a couple of things, if I may. The, <laughs> the, the work that your political affairs, public affairs department has done, I think, is remarkable. They've done an amazing job. And I think the OU, with its synagogues and its uh, constituency around this country, can have a very important effect on the BDS movement. The campus life uh, obviously can have a uh, an impact because that's you know directly the students who are dealing with it on a daily basis. And I think nationally, if more people are aware of what's going on and the role that we as regular people could do uh, in terms of combating it, I think that that's uh, that's one thing that could be accomplished. I think that's absolutely right. The the uh, uh, the entire thrust of being able to respond to BDS. Uh, both from an organizational perspective and through education, particularly for our young people, who are the ones that are confronting it in the most challenging kinds of ways, uh, confronting it not only in, in, within the yeshiva environment, but confronting it when they go out into the world uh, on, on secular college campuses uh, and are thrust into situations that they really are not necessarily fully prepared for. Uh, within NCSY, for example, mm. we spend an enormous amount of effort uh, trying to educate high school teens uh, with respect to Israel, uh, with respect to the political perspectives that they will hear about when they go on to college uh, so that they have the tools and the information and the facility uh, with which to combat all of the half-truths and lies that are out there uh, that give rise to the entire BDS movement. From, from an organizational perspective, we try to do the same with partner organizations. Uh, we've just gone through this now uh, with respect to the issue of the admission of J Street uh, to the President's Conference. 
there is an enormous amount of misinformation that's out there uh, that can only be combated uh, with really serious uh, uh, educational programming. I'd also add that, uh, and we've had an amazing opportunity over the last few years, more than once, to be at the OU Center in Israel and really focus on some of the activities going on there. I think that bridge continues to get uh, stronger and stronger between the OU here, the OU there, and just in general, uh, the attitude toward Israel, whether it's the summer programs, the, the the how you're encouraging people of any age, not just high school, but even beyond that, to get to Israel, etc. I mean, I think that has been something unique to the OU that a lot of organizations have not uh, jumped on. Uh, obviously, uh, 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 our ties uh, to Israel, both religiously, emotionally, and politically, are enormous. Uh, for us, uh, the Israel Center is an enormously important statement. Uh, to make with respect to uh, uh, to that support. This summer, uh, we will have the largest group of NCSY uh, kids in Israel that we have ever had. We expect uh, a, about 1,100 uh, young people uh, will be in Israel uh, during the summer in nine different programs. Uh, we're particularly proud that about half of them are public school kids. Right. Uh, that come to us uh, through uh, a whole variety of public school programs uh, that we have, uh, all of those kids will come together for one night at <laughs> one moment uh, uh, at Yom NCSY uh, at, uh, in early August. Uh, it, it's, an actu- it, it's an absolutely incredible uh, evening. Um, if you stand there and watch... A thousand kids in one place, all singing together, clapping together. Uh, it's a microcosm of Klal Yisrael in one place. Young men learning in the NCSY Kolo, young women learning in our Michlelet program, hundreds of kids from public school for whom this is the first taste of a true Torah experience that they've ever had in their entire lives, and all of them together in one place, celebrating their Yiddishkeit, celebrating their commitment to Judaism. It's just a magnificent uh, uh, evening. It is incredible. Uh, on top of that, we'll have uh, several hundred uh, Yachad participants right. in Israel on summer programs. Uh, uh, and on top of all that, uh, uh, our birthright program. Uh, probably one of the best-kept secrets about the union is we are now the third largest birthright provider uh, in the United States. Uh, this year alone, we will have 54 buses uh, of birthright participants uh, from all over the United States. We'll have dozens of buses in Israel uh, over the summer. So we're going to bring thousands of young people uh, from high school uh, kids, to Yachad participants, to birthright participants, uh, to Israel this summer. Uh, it's an enormously important part of and what that's we do. On, on top of your Israel advocacy at so many different levels. And finally, I would say that to the outsider, now I'm a big fan of the OU, so maybe I'm just, you know, looking through rose-colored glasses, but to the outsider, it seems there is a great effort, and in many cases a successful effort, to work with other organizations when there is a common goal. Uh, and I would guess someone like yourself would love to continue that tradition. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we will we will partner uh, with uh, uh, any organization that shares our mission, uh, shares our values. 
we try very, very hard not to reinvent the wheel. Uh, and so the thrust of our program uh, is really designed to do those things that we can do best uh, and to do those things that we do uniquely well. Uh, we don't try to do everything there is to do uh, or we would really dilute uh, the mission in, in many respects. Uh, and so we partner with a whole variety of, of, uh, of, of organizations in that effort. Alan Fagan is the brand-new Executive Vice President and Chief Professional Officer of the Orthodox Union visiting us here. The term has already begun officially? Several weeks ago. Huh? Congratulations. Thank I guess you. you've been rolling up your sleeves and getting right into the action. I certainly have. Uh, some people are curious. There had been rumors about whether the OU and its central office of its worldwide activities would be staying on the island of Manhattan. Can you state definitively if yes it will in fact be staying in New York City? Absolutely. We have uh we have re- uh, renewed our lease uh at 11 Broadway. Uh we will be remaining at 11 Broadway. We've taken additional space uh at 11 Broadway, another half a floor uh to accommodate uh uh the burgeoning activities of the union. As it is, we probably will be out of space. Uh, the, moment, the moment uh, we take uh, the new space, but um, uh, we are remaining uh, where we are. Sorry about that. Well, a pleasure meeting you again and reuniting in this way. I congratulate you on the position, and uh, I have no doubt that under your leadership, the organization will continue to flourish. You're surrounded by a lot of great people, as you know. Can't be done alone, right? Absolutely not. And uh, I'm sure the OU has a tremendous future ahead. And if there are any major announcements, especially... When it comes to brand new products that are becoming kosher, or not brand new rather, but any traditional products in this country that all of a sudden are going to become kosher, those to me are the most important. You know, you got Israel and political stuff and all that. When you have a brand new announcement regarding a, a kosherous thing, that to me is one of the most important ones. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure what you think about quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> You've been told, huh? <laughs> I, I heard there's a lot of discussion at the OU offices about quinoa. Not exactly one of my favorite things, but if you have something that I really like that's becoming kosher or that has a major announcement surrounding us, please let well, us know. It, it did it did make uh, sushi possible for uh, all of us uh, over Yuntif, but it, it, it doesn't quite rise to the level yeah. of Oreo cookies. I see you and I are on the same page, basically. <laughs> uh, pleasure seeing you. Congratulations and our best to everybody at the Orthodox Union. Thank you. Alan Fagan is the brand new Executive Vice President, Chief Professional Officer at the OU, visiting us on a Monday morning at JM in the AM. Um,
That's the uh, CD entitled Before Eve from Cole Ish. Two minutes before 8 o'clock, Sphere Format Monday. Rumor has it that a... Uh, that a, an a cappella group might be joining us this week in studio here at JM in the AM, but we don't have confirmation yet. As soon as we do, we'll announce that. Pay careful attention to uh, 
Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel on Twitter at Nachum Siegel Net. And as soon as we know the schedule, we'll let you know. By the way, one thing I can tell you is that the president of Yeshiva University, Richard Joel, is going to be in studio this coming Thursday right here at JM in the AM. We are not going to be um, uh, broadcasting from the uh, OU conference this summer. It's not taking place this summer, so uh, we'll do our uh, State of the University Address with Richard Joel this coming Thursday here at JM in the AM. So we are looking forward to welcoming the president of Yeshiva University this coming Thursday morning here at JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. Monday morning, third day of Bahab. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. It's day 27 in the counting of the Omer, three weeks and six days. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
J.M. and the A.M., a.k.a. Pella, from their Top 20 uh, double CD. Four minutes after 8 o'clock, the Prime Minister of Israel is visiting Japan, and he says there is a common bond between us. Prime Minister Netanyahu said this on his first visit to Japan as Prime Minister since reassuming power in 2009. The Prime Minister continued, We're both democratic, progress, technological societies, You face North Korea, which is a rogue regime with nuclear weapons. We face the possibility of Iran, which is a rogue regime that wants to have nuclear weapons. They're cooperating between them, and we should cooperate between us. Netanyahu praised the Friendship League for keeping the torch of Israeli-Japanese friendship alive, and now it's growing stronger, and it will grow stronger with this visit. The Prime Minister added, I am confident of that. Um reminder from our community calendar, the Task Force on Children and Families at Risk and OL Children's Home and Family Services present Protecting Our Families, Forces That Threaten. This is happening tomorrow night by Eli Mansour and Dr. Yitzhak Schindler with Dr. Marcel Bieberfeld and David Mandel. will be speaking tomorrow night at 7.30 at the Edmund Safra Synagogue, 1801 Ocean Avenue, the corner of Avenue R in Brooklyn, New York, followed by Q&A, light refreshments, etc., Information, you can contact the task force or OHEL or MASK, any of the presenting sponsors. That's happening tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. at the Safra Synagogue on Ocean Parkway. Rabbi Eli Mansour, Dr. Yitzhak Schindler, the featured speakers at that event. So check that out. Earlier we mentioned that Lenny Solomon is completing his 50-state tour. He has played 40-some states of this union over the years. He's aiming for 50, and boy, now it looks like it's uh, within reach. If everything continues this week as planned, he'll be in Wyoming tonight, Montana tomorrow, Idaho on Wednesday, and then Lagboomer in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And once he hits New Mexico on Sunday, that will be state number 50. We say Mazal Tov to Lenny Solomon, his incredible schlock rock uh, performances. He'll continue all week long, and then uh, Bezrat Hashem get to uh, state number 50 this coming uh, Sunday, Lagba Omer. Reminder that the uh, Mothers of Multiple Support Group on the topic of dealing with our challenges presents Dr. Yael Respler, psychotherapist and noted lecturer, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at Maimonides Hall, 950 49th Street between 9th and 10th Avenues. It's sponsored by Neshe Cares, coordinated by Mrs. Mati Atlas. For information, you can email 
Mati Berkowitz at Yahoo.com, M-A-T-T-I Berkowitz at Yahoo.com. Again, Dr. Restler speaks tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at the Mothers of Multiple Support Group, Maimonides Hall on 49th Street in Brooklyn. Check it out. It's always a great event. If you're a mother of multiples, I can almost guarantee you that you're going to enjoy it. want to remind everybody that the next edition of The Israel Show happens with Mayor Weingarten at 9 o'clock Eastern Time this morning, just about 53 minutes from now. And today, Mayor Weingarten says, Remember the name Yishai Rebo, a young up-and-coming star in the Israeli music scene? He was a soldier in Nacha Haredi and recently released his debut album. He's a triple-threat artist, composer, writer, and singing, writing his lyrics and singing his own songs. The Israel Show will debut some of his compositions that are already very popular in Israel, including Kold O.D., and Mikdash Melech. Also, Newsweek recently published a scathing report accusing Israel of aggressive espionage operations in the U.S. What's behind the reports and how is Israel responding? Plus, of course, great Israeli music as well. Right after JM in the AM, and you can check out the Facebook page, the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Also, uh, on this week's Tech Talk, Arye Lightstone at 10 a.m. Eastern Time will have Jason Buell from Born Digital on the show. Born Digital is recreating the way students learn to read and how teachers teach reading. That happens between 10 and 11 this morning in our stream at jmnam.org. And a reminder that on Sunday, May 25th, Yeshiva and Masifta Taravadas Torah Leadership for the 21st Century has their 95th annual dinner. Uh, it'll be the Rabbi Sucher Hassenfeld Memorial Dinner Sunday night, May 25th at the Palace on McDonald Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Rabbi Belsky will be speaking. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Yisrael David Glick will be um, will be guests of honor. A lifetime of Chinuch achievement. Rabbi Usher Lemel uh, Ehrenreich. Um, special address from uh, Rabbi Moshe Wolfson. And um, many other distinguished honorees as well. For information, you can call 718-941-8000 to put in your ads. Again, that's 718 718- Nine four one eight thousand. Go to torvadath.org. Torah v o d a a t h. dot org for more information. J M in the A M at ten minutes after eight o'clock as we continue with the Rabbi's Sons.
As I was walking down a dark and lonely street, a car came along and pulled up by my side. And inside was a rabbi with a long white beard. He said, Son, I'm gonna take you for a ride. Why don't we go up to Jerusalem? Oh, up to Jerusalem, yeah, up to Jerusalem with me.
J.M. and the A.M. with the Sphira album here on a uh, Monday morning. Uh, before that, some uh, A.K.A. Pella with uh, Yehi Shalom off of their CD adaptation. You heard 613 with Yigdal to open up that set. Well, um, we saw this um, 
in one of the announcements in the newspaper, and I figured we would invite Yossi Leifer to uh, JM and the AM to discuss this for a couple of minutes because it always seems that at the last minute, <laughs> or close to the last minute, a lot of people decide to head to Israel for Lagba Omer and spend some time in Mehron, and he'll let us know if that's true in a moment or not. Uh, but in addition to that, he and his firm, Traveler's Choice, have actually taken the entire Rimonim Hotel for Lagba Omer, which now, according to their most recent announcement, allows you to be Shabbos in Svat and then spend Lagba Omer Saturday night and Sunday in Mehron. Yassi Leifer of Traveler's Choice, welcome to JM in the AM. Welcome, thank you. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Everything is great. Good morning to you. So this, it seems like a new twist. It used to be that uh, people like yourself coordinated trips where people ended up in Mehron, uh, either for Shabbos or uh, either, I should say, for, for Saturday night and Sunday, Lagba Omer, or for Shabbos going into Lagba Omer. But now there's a new twist. You're inviting people to stay in Svat in the luxury of the Rimonim and then head to Mehron afterwards. Is this a, a new twist or it's been like this for a while? We actually have been doing it, you know, on a, on a private group uh, level for a, for a couple of years already, a number of years that... Uh, we would just rent. We would take over the hotel and rent it out to private individual groups. This year, we decided to do it to the public because we had some requests from you know regular customers and asked us, you know, we'd like to have the opportunity of staying there, especially in a case like this year where Shabbos, uh, right? Uh, comes out on a Sunday. They'd like right. to be there about the Shabbos and not and be able to avoid the rush and everything else and. Uh, we decided, you know, to listen to our customers and try to make it, you know, try to accommodate as much as we can. Because right after Havdalah, people all of a sudden got into the frenzy of trying to get to Mehron. Now they're able to do it in greater comfort at a, at a much slower pace because they're staying in spot for shops. I'm laughing only because it's amazing what's become of this entire Lagba Omer industry. It's just incredible. By the way, what is the Rimonim? Is it a, a three-star, four-star, five-star? Like, what type of hotel is that? I think the Rimonim actually has a rating, but uh, <laughs> an exact rating. But definitely, it's it's a very unique t- type of hotel. So it's I would call it more to the small boutique, to the luxury side. When you stay uh, there, do you know you're in spot? When you're in the Rimonim, do you know you're in spot? You sure do. I mean, it's depending <laughs> on which room, and it has a very special, unique. There's definitely something mystical about the hotel itself, too. <laughs> I like I like the way you put that. (laughs) And it's a very sought after hotel. Actually, this is the number one property in Swap itself that most uh, guests do like going back to. There's something very unique about it. It's very relaxing. Very. uh, I mean, if I ever have to sum it up in a couple of words, I always say it's a very mystical type of a hotel, and people definitely enjoy it. They have a lot of great amenities over there, which (laughs) all the guests will be able to take uh, advantage of. And, of course, we decided to go to the Lagboma community and the people that go for Miron to be able to enjoy the Glock kosher meals that we'll be serving this upcoming weekend. Understood. And this starts Thursday, right? People actually it's checking Thursday in. Thursday afternoon. It's right. up until Sunday. And, by the way, you had a little bit of a uh, of a glitch in this whole system because the Rimonim were telling people that it was that they were sold out to an entire group, not realizing, of course, that you're the group and that you're anxious to, to get customers in there. That's correct. You know, so we're letting everybody know if you're still a last-minute decision, ah. one of those last-minute decision-makers. Now, wait a second, Yossi Leifer. I, and this is where you and I disagree. See, I think, you think, rather, 
that were that were up to the last minute already. That Monday, Tuesday, people are making their final decisions about whether to join the frenzy and get to Mayron for Lagbomer. I would argue that there's still people Wednesday night and maybe even Thursday morning that are going to cave into peer pressure and head to May Road for Lagbomer. So which one of us is right? I think you're correct with that because I had many times <laughs> over the years, and it still continues that you know if the flight is leaving, let's say at 7 p.m., you'll have people calling at 5 p.m. I have my towels and phone in my hand. Can I? Can you still get me onto a flight? And so, and by the way, I joke about peer pressure, but you can attest that a lot of it is that not pressure, but meaning people start feeling the the hype, right, the frenzy of of their friends and neighbors going, and they say, I don't want to miss it. I got to be there. That's correct. Not a question. I think that's all of us. You know, this is the way we lead lead our lives for the most part. You know, that uh, everything we get, we have no time to think very much ahead. Mm. You know, and it all happens, all comes together. Last. Well, maybe I'll be uh, successful one day in creating the same frenzy for Yamat Smud and Yom Yerushalayim because it seems that unlike Bomer, it's already worked to this point. I think we can all start a jam in the AM trip. I'm absolutely looking forward for next next year months more. There you go. But I'm not even talking about an official trip. I just want to create the same frenzy that people want to be there to celebrate the way folks want to be there like Bomer. When you've been there uh, in Mayron, what is it, 100 to 150,000 people? I think that the, if the numbers are correct, according to the local police department in Israel, I think it's over a half a million. Oh, my gosh. So it's way more than I thought. Yes, that's what's like. We're talking over the 24-hour, right. 48 days. Probably 48-hour period. Because there are plenty of people that on Sunday morning will start heading up there. Monday, we're talking about most of the people start going up on Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday already. And I think at some time Friday morning, all the you know, cars cannot get anywhere near. Yeah, but I'm saying that even those who are just going up for the day are not necessarily going Saturday night. Some even go up on Sunday morning. Yes, without a question. Right. Without a question. There are people going even Monday afternoon. There are buses constantly going to all parts of Israel. And people always, you know, looking to take part in this great experience. All right, what do people do if they want to take advantage of your uh, of your uh, status at the Rimonim and spend Shabbos in Sfat and make an entire adventure out of this? They can always email sales at travelerschoice.com or they can call us at 212-868-8698, speak to one of our travel professionals, uh, and we'll be more than glad to try to help them and accommodate them, you know, with whatever ear there's left, but rooms we still have left. So even if you have your airline tickets, don't feel uh, feel free to call us for the hotel as well. All right, they've come up. They've come up with something unique, and that is Shabbos in Sfat, Lagbomer in Mayron. Soon we'll soon they'll fig- figure out a package where you could spend the entire week up north in Israel. <laughs> it's <laughs> and, happening. It's happening. It is already, and soon the entire month of ER <laughs> they'll, they'll figure out a way to get everybody up there. Uh, be able to incorporate the Yom Atzmaut. <laughs> people as well. Yeah, that would expand the base, wouldn't it? Yes, of yeah. course. It's not too far away. A, a tremendous variety of people, yeah. All right, Jesse Leifer, I thank you. Good luck. And if you decide to cave into all the frenzy and pressure, then enjoy your trip later this week. You know, the shoemaker goes without shoes. But <laughs> nevertheless, I want to make sure that everybody else goes. And if then we'll just catch, we'll tack, catch along as well. I got Take you. Thank, thank you, you so much for joining us. There he is, Jesse Leifer from Traveler's Choice. They've created a uh, a new concept, not just Lock Bomer and Mayrone, which we've always thought has been crazy enough. Not not crazy meaning uh you know crazy meaning in terms of frenzy. Uh but now Shabbos and Sfat as well, uh when uh when Lock Bomer starts on a Saturday night. Twenty minutes before nine o'clock, JM in the AM we will explore what's happening in one of the noticeably 
Jewish neighborhoods and communities and cities of the state of New Jersey. Big day tomorrow in Teaneck, New Jersey. Details next at JM and the AM. time we had an opportunity to speak with the leadership of Teaneck, New Jersey, I believe it was during one of our visits to Cedar Market. I'm giving a shout-out to our friends at Cedar Market this morning, who I assume are already open on Cedar Lane in Teaneck, New Jersey. Think they're open already, gentlemen? They are open already. 7 a.m. Uh, tomorrow is a big election. Tomorrow is, and this is all through New Jersey, tomorrow is a big election day in a lot of cities. I noticed that Newark is electing their mayor tomorrow, and there are a whole bunch of other cities that are... Uh, that are uh, having elections tomorrow. And among the elections uh, includes Teaneck, New Jersey. Now, let me explain how this works, folks. If you're living in Teaneck, and I know that, as they say, Teaneck is wall-to-wall jam in the AM country. That's what I'm told. It sure is. It sure is. And if you're living in Teaneck, uh, what you do is um, every uh, two years, you somehow fill in seven seats in the Teaneck Council. That's how it works. This year, I think there's four seats up for grabs. We'll find out exactly in a moment, but you do the seven, then those seven people choose the mayor from among those seven, and there you have it. We've met the mayor of Teaneck, New Jersey, whose name is Mayor Hamadudin. M- mayor Hamadudin. Hamadudin. And he's been a guest of ours at JM in the yes. AM. Very nice man. He is mayor, and we'll find out in July if he'll remain as mayor or if somebody else will become mayor. We welcome 
to our studio, the former mayor of Teaneck, New Jersey, Mr. L.E.Y. Katz. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Nice to have you here. Thank you for having us. And we welcome Yitz Stern, who continues to serve on the with Ellie on the Township. council of the town or city. Township uh, of Teaneck. Township of Teaneck, New Jersey, a right. position that you've been in for the last, what, four years? I was first elected in 1998. Right, and then there was a break, and then you were back, right, That's and all right. that, and mm-hmm. here you are. Yep. And you are both currently town council people. That is yes. correct. I'm trying to get all this, the official stuff so people understand what's going on. How many seats are up for grabs tomorrow? Four. There four, are four, four seats seven. up for grabs. There are four seats up for grabs. How many people, let me put this in as, in as diplomatic a way as possible, how many people might be associated with the noticeably Jewish community of Teaneck, New Jersey. Are there people whose names would be familiar to this audience, aside from the two of you? Yours uh, is familiar, L.E.Y. Katz. Yitz Stern is familiar to this audience. Uh, anybody else? Is Adam running this Adam year? Adam Gustin is part of the... Uh, he is uh, running this year. Jewish, Jewish so another name that, right. would be, uh, that would be noticeably, uh, or uh, uh, rather meaningful to our listeners in Teaneck, New Jersey. Correct. Right? Correct. Anybody else to mention, or it's essentially that's the... That those, would be, are, those are the ones that uh, are our colleagues. Those are the ones that are the incumbents, and those are the ones that uh, we're supporting. Simple as that. Yes. How does it look for tomorrow? It's all in the voters' hands. I mean, it it comes down to getting out the vote. It's very important. A lot of residents, unfortunately, feel, oh, they don't need our vote or they're going to win or, or, you know, my vote's not meaningful. And the reality is is every single vote counts. I've seen candidates over the years win win and lose by seven votes. When you you were first elected, how many votes did you get? Do you remember? Like around how many? Yes. I ran in a special November election. Um, the candidate that I was uh, replacing took a job in Massachusetts. Uh, he was a former police captain, and then he became a council member. And uh, I ran in a special November election, and I got about 3,500 uh, votes. That's it. You can become a town council member, obviously a very influential position in the town, with a total of 3,000, 4,000 votes. Yeah, it's, it's not just influential. It's also very meaningful to every single resident because – we really control the quality of life of every single resident uh, be- between the services that we provide, between the uh, different uh, amenities, the police, the fire, uh, the recreation, the health department. Um, these are different uh, quality of life issues that residents are paying for in their taxes, um, and they want to make sure that they continue to uh, either at least either increase or be stable when it comes to those services. And the you know the reason that it's uh, the number uh, to you Nahum seems so low as to the amount of voters you need to, you need to get into uh, office is because typically in a May election a nonpartisan May election the turnout is somewhat lower mm. and because of that uh, every single vote that comes out becomes that much more meaningful so uh, in a low turnout election when you know maybe only twenty five percent on average twenty twenty five percent of the township will vote. Uh, each vote carries much more weight. In a November election, when maybe 50, 40, 50 percent of the township votes, uh, the v- a vote is meaningful, but, you know, obviously in a May, the, the lower the turnout, the more meaningful each vote is. You've been in shul over the last couple of days. Are you getting the uh, notion that people are, you know, from the community are, are ready to go out there and uh, ready to I, act I, on this vote? I think they're ready to go out there, but they need to be reminded. Uh, you know, people, it's, uh, it's like I said, it's an, it's an off 
time kind of election. Right. It's Tuesday. It's Shabbos. Shabbos to Tuesday is three days. People forget <laughs> stuff. You have to keep on reminding them. 6 a.m. tomorrow until 8 o'clock tomorrow night, the polls will be open. That's Hopefully correct. everybody in Teaneck knows where their polling station is. Yes, we hope they are. Same as last time, essentially? Same as last time, okay. the regular polling station. Uh, L.E.Y. Katz, former mayor of Teaneck, is enthusiastically supporting uh, two candidates aside from yourself, one of them being Yitz Stern, correct? Right. And you mentioned Adam Gusson a moment ago. Yeah. So you would like to see all of them, uh, yourself and, and the two of them. The incumbents. Uh, be correct. Uh, continue to serve. Uh, now, a couple of things. First of all, it seems, now it might just be that I am a victim of a great PR machine, but it seems, especially after conversations with both of you on the air over the years, that a lot gets done in Teaneck, that there's, there's tremendous progress. And I'm not just talking about the Jewish community, but in general, services that are citywide. Would, would you both say at this point that from that standpoint, the incumbents deserve re-election because you just continue to serve the way you should. Yeah, I, I think you know Tinek is a uh, is a uh, you know has a world class uh, bunch group of services. Uh, we have a the busiest library in the county of Bergen. We have an award winning recreation department with programs for uh, uh, for people of all ages, from people uh, infants, children, seniors, and everybody in between. We have a tremendous. A group of sports organizations in town. We just completed a uh, a, a an award-winning uh, uh, redo of uh, the Voti Park, of Voti Park, which is yeah. the central park of Teaneck. Gorgeous, beautiful, done beautiful, beautiful I see field it over there. Um, uh, all, all done, you know, at at very, very, very little cost to the taxpayer, state money, county money, uh, open space money, which was which we've put away over the years. Um, and uh, it's a, it's an, it's already an award-winning. Uh, the first facility. time we saw the football field that you put in there, you know which one I'm talking about, yes. at Bozy Park. Mm-hmm. Our, my kids thought it was a college football team that plays there. It's, That's how it, it looks. It is already an award-winning uh, field. Uh, we're we're very very proud of it. I think Ellie will concur. Yeah. It's going to enhance Teaneck. I mean, people are going to come there. The, first of all, right now our, our sports organizations, our kids are are booming when it you know as far as soccer, football, and all the other sports. Um, so it's people are going to come. It's going to help with uh, the revitalization of of some of the business districts. After you come and watch a game, then go and eat and shop in Teaneck. It's just gonna. It's it's just gonna. Um, By the way, I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah. By the, it seems to me, and again, I'm there in Teaneck on a regular basis, as so many people in this audience are. It seems to me Cedar Lane. Much more active than three, four years ago. Am I right or wrong on that? That's what it seems to me. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about our friends at Cedar Market. I'm saying in general. Well, Cedar Market has something to do with it, with the, the it as new, well. The new theater? The new theater was a tremendous addition right. to Cedar Lane. It's, mm-hmm. They did a great job renovating that. It just that. seems like there's more action there. And I will also give you my new favorite statistic, which we may have discussed on the air before or not. If you stand on West Englewood Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey, if you stand on, and say this to anybody who lives out of town, they're going to think you're nuts. If you're standing in the middle of West, by Leo on West Englewood Avenue in the yeah, wine store, fill her, up. fill her up. You are a two to three minute walk from 18 kosher establishments. Oh, Ellie Did can you con- realize Ellie, that? Ellie can confirm that better than me. If but, you yes. are in the middle of West Englewood Avenue and you walk different directions, two to three minutes, if you want to do Dunkin' Donuts, stretch it a little bit, a few more minutes, you will hit 18 kosher establishments. That is a st- if you're standing on West Englewood Avenue, you have a choice of seven eateries in front of you, meaning without moving. Literally, you literally, literally you a stone's throw. So I don't know. I don't know if that's important to the election. I just love pointing that out whenever I talk about Teaneck. Now, quickly, because we're running out of time, um, there's a suit. 
from other candidates? you want to tell anybody yeah, about this? Yeah, this is the first time that I've ever experienced something like this. Uh, it, uh, two candidates, uh, as a PR, what we believe is a PR stunt, and uh, filed a lawsuit against only a select few candidates. Not, they didn't even choose the entire council and the township, and they filed it against the township of Teaneck. Um, and, uh, you know, the, their claim is that their documents, which is in, into the 12,000 pages of documents that they requested, is not being delivered fast enough. And, uh, you know, taxpayers are going to end up having to pay for this uh, PR stunt. But uh, I, I was very shocked to, to receive that over PESA. All right. So if people hear about that, now they have your side of the story on that. And yeah. also you, and you've said this a million times, to, to, I would assume to you both, taxes remains the number one issue the of number, all of this, right? The always, number one issue. Always, this is our, our priority. This is our focus. Because, you know, you're known for, in Bergen County Bergen in general, County. is known for high yeah. property taxes. A lot of people always talk about that. What could you say about the... Uh, Teaneck has some challenges that 90% is residential, 10% is commercial. Right. And, and any time that we try to do some type of redevelopment, you have pockets of communities that come out strong in opposition. Over the last three or four years, we've had a, an am, a, a amazing amount of approvals, and this is going to hopefully help in future. You know, we've had an apartment complex. We've we've started talking to Glen Point again about increasing their size. Mm. We've had uh, two or three other buildings, and this is into the to the million tens of millions of dollars of new what's called rateables and commercial rateables that's going to help the taxpayers. Very nice. All right. Um, if things go well and you're both there in the next term, any specific goals aside from what you just said, because the taxes obviously is really important. Con continue, continue, to continue to bring uh, new rateables to the township to uh, you know help uh, you know remove the tax burden from the ninety percent ninety percent of which is on the single family homeowner. Teaneck made a conscious decision number, many many years ago not to develop Route Four, unlike Hackensack and Paramus and so on, not to develop uh, other areas of the town uh, to preserve our open space. So we have to look at our uh, current commercial areas uh, and look at redevelopment, taking those properties and making them uh, new. Renovate them, rebuild them, and add rateables, uh, thus alleviating the tax burden to our single family. And homeowners. all those things should be attractive to our community and other communities. Every that community. is correct. Every community, community. Yeah. absolutely. And we should point out, by the way, I mentioned Ellie's former mayor. You served as deputy mayor that, in Teaneck a couple of years. That's correct. That's uh, correct. And you said to me something off the air. You have the privilege of serving as a board of the, member of the board of directors of Cross River Bank. And for those who are curious about quote unquote orthodox trivia, it is a bank that operates on an orthodox schedule. Right. That's correct. Cross River Bank is the first, uh, I believe, the first bank in the state of New Jersey whose charter uh, uh, from the state allows the bank to remain closed on uh, major Jewish holidays, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, that fall on banking days. Uh, it's in our charter with permission from the state of New Jersey. I think that's the only, uh, the only, the first bank that has that in their charter, actually. Unbelievable. Uh, Yit Stern, you'll find him where on the ballot tomorrow? Uh, line three. Line three in Teaneck. And Ellie Y. Katz, you'll find him where on the ballot tomorrow? Line four. Line four. Simple as that. Stern, followed by Katz. That's how you'll find them lined up tomorrow. Adam and is on uh, one of the. He's eight. the bottom he's line. On eight. The bottom line. The bottom, bottom line. <laughs> All right. So uh, those of you who have uh, over the years heard these gentlemen on the show, uh, now you'll know where to find them if you're uh, voting in the Teaneck election tomorrow. It's uh, three, four, and eight are the lines from this team that has been uh, serving the community very well. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thank hope, you. Hope Thank it goes you well tomorrow. Thank you so much. Thank you for yeah. having us here. Polls are open tomorrow in Teaneck, New Jersey, from 6 a.m. until 8 p.m. And as you hear, 
uh, for our community and those who have been uh, at the forefront of uh, leadership positions in our community. It is a very, very big day tomorrow, the 13th of May in Teaneck. We wish good luck to all the candidates, and we thank both uh, Yitz Stern and L.E.Y. Katz for joining us this morning here at JM in the AM. A Sphera format Monday will conclude with this selection at JM in the AM. <laughs> Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show is next. Keep your stream, your iPad, your iPod, your uh, iPhone your listen line, your computer, keep it exactly where it is at jmtheam.org. Mayor Weingarten, brand new edition of the Israel Show is next, coming up at jmtheam.org. IA Lightstone and Tech Talk between 10 and 11 this morning Eastern Time. Make sure to check it out and enjoy, and uh, make sure to keep your uh, stream where it is all day for the Sphere Format stream uh, at jmtheam.org. Org. Mazel tov to Lenny Solomon. He's playing Wyoming for the first time today. The king of schlock as he continues to march on to the 50 states, which will hopefully conclude with a great victory this coming Sunday, Lagba Omer in New Mexico.
Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.